The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You're welcome to the Hard Shoulder. It's Anton in for Kieran this evening. Now, a five three one zero six at a cost of thirty cent. If you want to get in touch with us, so you can WhatsApp us for free on 087-1400-106. You may have seen a video doing the rounds of a teenager being bullied and beaten. Although the Taoiseach has said that uh, he's urged social media um, companies to take that video down, and a lot of people have been urging that the video not be shared. But the video resulted in a national outpouring of solidarity for the 14-year-old who is the victim involved. The teenager suffered concussion, broken teeth, extensive bruising in an attack which left him with a shoe print on his forehead and in an attack which is, in the most literal sense of the, the word, absolutely shameful. His family have said that they hoped no other child suffers like this. But of course, it isn't a once-off event, no matter how much we might hope it might be, nor is it the type of thing that is um, a facet of the past, like we might have thought it was. Uh, Darren Kennedy is with us. He's TV presenter and columnist, and he saw the uh, video and he has spoken himself publicly about his own experience of bullying when he was a young man. Darren, your reaction to having seen this? Uh, my heart just sunk. I, I felt sick to my core. Um, I think, uh, and it, I, I could relate to it so strongly as well. And I think that's, you know, that that poor chap or that anyone um, is is subjected to that absolutely vile abuse. It just, it, it begs belief. And um, it really took me back, I have to say. I, I, because I've had conversations with people and continue to have conversations with people about, you know, post marriage equality and sure everything's grand. And we've spoken before about a rise in, in homophobic slurs and comments in the street, just kind of almost willy nilly as, as if, you know, it's totally acceptable to, to speak openly and freely, um, in a homophobic way. And then to see this, you know, and, and I really thought that, younger generations were the ones where we would see the change where that you know in in a decade from now that those people who are adults it'll never have been an issue that you know now the one thing in in the that we're not 100 percent sure of is whether or not this was rooted in the the um young man's sexuality whatever that sexuality might be but the the set of behaviors I mean, to see somebody in a situation where they end up curling up fetal with nowhere to go, they can't get up, they can't run away, and where there is a pack of people setting upon them with with fists and with feet while being cheered on by people who are trying to uh, foment the aggression that's present and then being filmed by others who are laughing and supporting it so that they can put it on social media. It really is the kind of thing you thought, this can't happen in modern Ireland. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And you know what? And, and I completely agree with you. It's, no, it's nothing to do with sexuality. But I, I, in my experience, even before I knew what sexuality I was, it tended to be the case that you were picked upon. And they, the, the derogatory terms that were used were gay, fag, all these horrendous words, which can really leave a lasting mark. So whether you identify as... as um, as whatever, it doesn't really matter. But the fact that they're even being used as a driving force and and the kind of the 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 it was like a pack of dogs, really, wasn't it? It was like a pack of rabid dogs. Uh, oh, but even worse. Off. I mean, at least usually with animals, at at a certain point where they have won, they walk away. 
But this was the, the, the fact that the young man ends up on the ground clearly out of options and the delight in the people who continue to assault him. I mean, what, the question that I'm asking myself is, you know, what are the what actions are going to be taken? I mean, obviously, at a community level, there was so many people involved in this. So at a community level in that town or in that, um, I think it was Navan or I'm not, I don't know exactly where it was, you know, what action is going to be taken? Because Well, let me ask you, in, in your own experience, Darren, like when, from what you experienced, did, did, was action taken? Did you ever have the opportunity to either confront or to meet again the people who had bullied you? No, because I was terrified and I never told anyone. And this is the other thing. So, you know, this, this, um, this is obviously all over social media. So people are aware and that's going to come. That's, that's very hard and the person involved as well. But for me, I kept it so secret. I told no one, I told absolutely no one and I tortured myself over it. And, um, and, and, you know, there is no good way to handle this. It's the behavior itself that needs to be stamped out. Now, ironically, um, that my tormentor for the last two years of, of secondary school was a guy that was two years older than me. And he really kind of went about and made it his mission during those two years to try and make my life a, a living hell. Uh, ironically, fast forward about um, 10 or 15 years after school, I was in a bar in town and I spotted him and I was like, oh, it really took me back because, you know, it, it was not a pleasant experience. And lo and behold, um, he came up to me and informed me that his wife is a massive fan and could he have a selfie? And I was absolutely kind of dumbfounded, even actually retelling the tale now. I was gone. And, you know, and that's the thing. I'm not saying, like, I'm sure he's changed and I, you know, I did whatever and that was it. But it's it's the, the lasting I don't know. I just, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit shocked to see that this happened. To be honest, and I'm really upset by it. And um, but it's also one I'm, of those where you talk about the what can be done. You think about how if this wasn't a video that circulated, you go to the guards and say, "My child was bullied," and the natural reaction from anybody is to say, "Oh well, I wonder was it really that bad?" And is this just playground stuff? And uh, it's so easy to minimise the kind of experience. It's very easy. To- yeah, and that's why we should never minimise it. And I think with anything with bullying, and that's why I think on a community level, it's more than just going to the guards. It's, you know, the school has to get involved. The parents have to get involved. There has to be active change there. I mean, this is, it, it, it's not just some random... But let me ask you from your perspective, fight. do you think if, you're, if, if you had gone, let's say you'd gone to the school authorities or whoever else at the time and they had gone to the individual's parents, do you think it would have stopped? In this particular instance, In no. your instance, yeah, no, but I'm talking in my in my personal instance. I do not think so. Um, and now, as an adult, and looking back on it, and probably um, having an insight into his own own home life, I imagine that that was probably the root cause of a lot of the problems. To be honest, but that's in that particular instance. At the time when I was fifteen and sixteen years old, uh, would I? I don't know. I was too terrified to try and see if that would make a difference. And um, I definitely think with younger kids, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, and there was a situation recently where someone um, who I know, uh, a young younger child, was um, the subject of bullying in a not in a physical way, but there was all sorts of kind of 
um, mental and emotional bu bullying and that was brought to the attention of the school and the parents were involved and, and everyone clamped down and it was actually quite great to see that they had those systems in place. Um, I, there are resources obviously for anyone who listening who might be experiencing um, any sort of uh, you know homophobia or bullying or, and parents as well does the belong to organisation um, and they have um, a centre in Dublin and all across the country and they do great work in schools and I would urge actually any teachers listening to reach out to belong to and to spearhead bringing their uh, what they do they're a charitable organisation and it's all about visibility and making a comfortable space for everybody um, and I know some schools across the country uh, have had great success with it I was I actually it was during the pandemic I launched our annual report with uh, Roderick O'Gorman um, and we did fantastic school can't remember the lady's name but it was a school in Limerick and she had spearheaded bringing um, the belong to kind of resources into her school and the change and the impact that it had but on the it's environment. Funny, Dan, it's it, to some extent I suspect that's what what is so incongruous about this incident because we see so much that tells us that Ireland is now accepting of difference whatever the difference might be, whether it be LGBT uh, plus, whether it be uh, a different lifestyle, whether it be gender differences, we have a sort of a sense, maybe wrongly, that particularly the younger generations are much more accepting than 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Does this raise the, the spectre that maybe we have that wrong? Um, I th no, I think Ireland is much more accepting, but I think it's never a job that's a, a one and done. It's continuous and it's continuously educating people and it's continuously bringing everyone on that journey. Um, so, uh, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, uh, it's two steps forward, one steps back. Oftentimes seems to be the case. Um, but it's, I think it is a, it's a stark reminder that, um, this type of behaviour is alive and well right across the country. Um, and that's why people need to be vigil vigilant for it. And obviously, listen, I have friends who are teachers and they're very, very aware of, of bullying and walkers on schools. And, and, you know, I hear them talking about the, you know, the roadmaps that are in place now and the procedures and how if they get a, a whiff of bullying, they clamp down on it instantly. That wasn't the case 10 or 20 years ago, I don't believe. Um, um, finally, Dan, tell, tell me from your perspective, what, if any, lingering and lasting effect did your experience have on you, do you think? Oh, my God, it has a huge lingering effect. Um, I experienced so much shame related to to who I was and my identity based on uh, much of the rejection that I felt uh, from from bullies in, in my my younger years and, and listen I've gone through therapy and I've done years of therapy and it's something that has constantly raised its head and uh, you know I, I, I've got it under control and I've, I've dealt with my demons but it's it's phenomenal the impact and the, the, the long lasting um, personal legacy that has had for me. Um, now, listen I'll also say that I've dealt with it and it's, it's made me the individual I am today however I wish I never had to go through it. And I'm also aware that, you know, I went to a very, very, very low point. Very, like, a, a, you know, a, almost a tragically low point in my life. And I'm so grateful that whatever stopped me did because I love, I love life. But not everyone has those moments. And that's the thing that really 
cuts for me is, you know, we see this and we're all talking about it, but there is, there are young people today suffering in all parts of the country and it might be under your eyes and you don't even see it um, and suffering in silence and doing awful things. And that's, you know, that's what we need to be aware of as well. Darren, thank you very much for coming on. That is Darren Kennedy, TV presenter and uh, columnist. And Darren was talking about the impact that bullying can have. And of course, that by virtue of the reason we're discussing it is that horrendous video